that power that Luke had. You know, let, let's, let me try, see if I can do it. One, two, three. Hallelujah. He is risen. <laughs> Amen. Thank you. Uh, we are, uh, we're, uh, man, it's, it's, uh, please open your Bibles to 1 Peter. 1 <laughs> Peter chapter 1, verse 3. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. There are so many reasons to rejoice today. Uh, the significance of the resurrection, it, it's incredible, all the implications, all the consequences of it, all the outcomes of it. Uh, I, I want to talk about the hope of the resurrection. What is the hope of the resurrection in our lives and in, for the world? What, what's the hope of the resurrection? Um, if, I can, if I can find First Peter, there it is. Uh, we, uh, we, we have this wonderful hope. I mean, there's so many things that because Jesus came back to life, there's so, it means so much. Like all that he talked about, like because he came back to life, we can believe it. All of his promises he made, because, because he came back alive, we can believe his promises. Because he rose from the dead, he did defeat death, right? Because he rose from the dead, our sins are forgiven. If he didn't rise from the dead, if he was in the grave, uh, you know, if they went to that tomb and they found him still, the corpse there, they, they, she, we wouldn't have any hope, but we have so much hope now. We have so many reasons to, to rejoice and celebrate, but what, what is the hope of the resurrection? There is hope in the resurrection. What is that hope ultimately? What, what, is, what does God want us to have hope in today? First Peter chapter 1, verse 3, uh, a rather uh, complex, deep passage. There's so many threads to it, but we'll, we'll, we'll hit the surface of it today. Uh, but it starts off wonderfully. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To an inheritance that's imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you. Who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, or we should rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes though is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Uh, man, there's so many wonderful things there to, to talk about, and, and the, the Word of God speaks to us. We, we go through trials and tribulations and hardships in this life, but the, the word says that, that they, brought, they come to us for, for various reasons, but one of the reasons they come to us is to test our faith. We go through trials and tribulations, sufferings. God allows it to happen so that we will be able to grow in our faith, mature in our faith. Our faith will be tested solid and strong, and, and so that, that's, that's a wonderful truth. But the core of this, this, this teaching here is that we have a living hope. Uh, Bless be the God and Father. For what? For what he's done. According to his great mercy. Now mercy, God's goodness towards those who are in distress. According to his, his great mercy, he's caused us to be born again to a living hope. Uh, God's goodness towards those who are in distress. In other words, God's goodness towards sinners. People who have made a mess of their life. People who have sinned and, and wrecked ourselves and wrecked others. Have just done horrible things whether in word or deed or action. Uh, God in his mercy has caused us to be born again. Now, we're talking about a certain kind of salvation here. Uh, to be born again, to be regenerated, to be brought to life. We've been saved by God. When we 
put our, when we recognized our sins, when we recognized our brokenness, our rebellion against God, we recognized that we were guilty and we're condemned and we have no hope of salvation. We place our faith in Jesus Christ. We put, place our trust in Jesus Christ. And therein, God gives us mercy. He causes us to be born again. He gives us life when we trust in Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Uh, but it doesn't stop there. There's a, there's a salvation that we have now, but he speaks about another salvation that's coming. What is our hope? What is the hope of our resurrection, of Jesus' resurrection, rather? A living hope, born again a living hope, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now, again, this, this can be meaty, and it can, you know, the, the, the pathways to walk here, but we know that we're alive in Christ. We know we've been forgiven. We know we've been saved because Jesus rose from the dead. Now, he preached, he talked about forgiveness of sins, that he was the one who could give forgiveness of sins. He's the one who could save. He was the great I am. He's the the Lord, the Savior, the Messiah. He's the one who came in, and he offered salvation. He offered forgiveness of sins. But if he was still in the grave, if he was still a corpse, if, if when they went to that tomb and they found a dead Jesus, so what what he said? It wouldn't mean anything. But because he rose, our real hope, our, 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 our glorious hope and new life of salvation is because just as he said, he would be buried. He'd, he'd die, be buried. He'd raise on the third day because that came true. It's like a stamp of approval. It's like an exclamation point. Yes. He died for us. His life was given to pay off our debt. His atonement of our life, his his substitution for us, it's real. He died in our place. And so we we have that living hope. But but notice what what he goes on here. We have the salvation now through Jesus Christ. But but it moves on to something more. We've been given a, a, a living hope through Jesus to an inheritance. Now, uh, man, an inheritance. You usually have to die to get an inheritance. We have to die to get an inheritance. It's promised to us that there's going to be a time coming when we're going to have an inheritance that doesn't perish. It can't be spoiled. It, it can't fade like old paint. Or, or as it says in, in this translation, it says, we have an inheritance that's imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you. What, what is that? What, what, what is that, that that we're waiting for that's kept in heaven for us? Who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed at the last time. So I, I thought I was saved. Yeah, you are saved. If you're in Jesus Christ, you're saved. You're, you, you've been declared righteous. You've been justified. You, you have been uh, released from your guilt. You're no longer condemned. You've been, the judge has said, <laughs> free. The judge has said, righteous. The judge has said, he's mine. He's, he's, he's alive. But there's another salvation that we're still waiting for. There's a sense where we're saved, but we're not saved yet until that day comes. What is that, that, that salvation that we're waiting for? What is that hope that's ahead? What is that inheritance that we're, 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 we've been told is coming? In this you rejoice, though now a little while necessary, you've been grieved by various trials. So right now, man, we're, we're going, through, going through things, sufferings and trials and tribulations, pain, sufferings, diseases, sicknesses, economic woes, etc., etc. In God's sovereignty, these things have a purpose, of course. We don't like them, 
it says these things, all, all the things we're going through, all the trials, will eventually turn out to a day, a day when Jesus Christ comes back. It says, at the revelation of Jesus Christ, there is a, a salvation that's coming, a inheritance that's on the way. Uh, we're kept by God's power until that day. God protects us from the enemy, from the, from the world, from, from falling away. God's power is great in that. But he's keeping for us a salvation to come. What is that salvation? What is that inheritance? There is hope found in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. What is that hope that we have that we're looking forward to? Man, the world right now, it's hard to find hope. It's hard to find hope in our government right now. It's hard, hard to find hope in our economy right now. It's hard to find hope in world peace right now. It's, it's scary times. Where is our hope found? Where should you place your hope? What is that hope? Uh, as I was going through it this week, man, there's so many scriptures I wanted to go through, so much I wanted to talk about, but in lieu of time, narrow that down quite a bit. Look at, at 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians, turn there with me to 1 Corinthians 15, verse 20. What is this thing that, that's being promoted, that's being talked about for those of faith? Something we should hold on to and something we should believe in. Something we should trust is coming. What, what is it? But in Christ, but in fact, but for, different ways to say it, but in, in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. But each in his own order. Christ the first fruits. Then is coming those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom of God, the Father, after destroying every rule and every authority and all power. For he must reign until he's put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. Man, there's a great eschatology. There's a great end times vision. There's a great future laid out about a kingdom and, an, and, and the, the eternal state. But notice how it starts. Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead. Jesus Christ has come. And what is resurrection? Sometimes we think about our, our future as believers, as, as Christians. Sometimes we talk about it like, when I die, I'm going to go to heaven be with God, and there's a truth to that, but it's, it's a truncated vision. It's, it's, it's not the whole story. There's a grander, grander truth. Resurrection means coming back to life from the dead, a physical, bodily reality. When Jesus, and, and the wonderful thing about that is, if we just go to be of spirits with God, or you know, we, 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 we leave our bodies in the grave, it's, there's still a sense that death is one, because death has our body whether we're cremated or laid in the casket or whatever. But resurrection means something on a whole other order, that the living, breathing Jesus, that after three days he rose from the dead, breathing, living, alive, a new life, tangible, audible. You know, you could see him, you could touch him. Empirically, he was there, alive. Resurrection is something glorious and wonderful. But it says here, He's the first fruits. That, that metaphor, do you, know, do you know what that means? Do you understand what, that, what he's getting at there? 
a first fruit, like uh, maybe right now, I, I don't know if we have very many fruit trees here in the San Luis Valley. Maybe there's a few out there, but you see the first bud or you, you, the, the flower. And the first one you see maybe on an apple tree or something like that. The first one comes, it, it grows in an apple, and it's the sign that there's going to be more to follow. There's going to be more fruit to follow. A first fruit means that there's going to be more fruit. It says that Jesus is the first fruit of those who have fallen asleep. Now, unless Jesus comes back, every one of us in this room is going to die. Every one of us in this room, uh, it's a 100% mortality rate. We're all going in the box, as it were. We're all going in the grave. But the promise, the word here, is that because Jesus rose again and he's the first fruits, there's going to be a great host of people to follow. Man, we have this hope not just of going and floating on the clouds somewhere for eternity, not go, going somewhere and being ghosts or these spirits or these phantoms. We have the ultimate hope of being resurrected, new life, new bodies, tangible, real. I can see you. I can touch you. I can hear you. Kind of alive. This is, is, is this new to you? Is, is this out, out there to you? Is it crazy to you? It's a hope. It's a biblical hope of resurrection from the dead. For as by a man came death, by a man also will come the resurrection of the dead. As Adam, and all, and all of us in Adam, so to speak, our, our, our forefather, all of us die. All of us will die. In Christ, all who come to faith in Jesus Christ, all who believe in him as, as their Lord and Savior, all who repent of their sins and, and get rid of the idols and stop trusting in that for salvation, stop trusting in that for salvation, but trust in Jesus alone for salvation. All those people will one day be resurrected to new life. What, what, is, what is our inheritance? What is unperishable? What is unspoilable? What doesn't fade? The new life in Christ. There is great hope found in, in Jesus' resurrection, the hope starts with this idea that we will be resurrected from the dead. But it says, each in his own order, the Christ the first fruits, and is coming those who belong to Christ. When is this going to happen? Uh, right now, yeah. If, if I die tomorrow, it could happen. I'm going to try to go fishing tomorrow, and I might do something stupid. And that, that never ha It happens once in a while, but I'm going to try to go tomorrow and, and I'm going to go to kind of a risky spot. And I might fall. Sorry, Elizabeth, I don't, you don't need to hear this. Um, but, you know, if I die, I'm, I'm going in the box. I, I'm in trouble, right? But, 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 but I read here that I will be made alive. But the, the idea sometimes we get across is, well, you're just going to go to heaven and you're going to be there in eternity playing harp kind of a thing and, and floating around. It, it goes farther than that. When he comes, at the revelation of Jesus Christ, when he breaks through the sky, when that lightning goes across from east to west, and the trumpet sounds, the Lord returns. All the dead will be raised, transformed. The incorruptible body will be ours instead of this corruptible body. The, 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 the immortal body instead of, instead of this mortal body. We'll have new life, not, not this natural body, but the pneuma life, the pneuma body, the, the spirit-empowered spiritual body. We are forevermore. And, and then it goes on from there. I wish I could preach to you some about the coming kingdom and the eternal state. Uh, it's going to be glorious, but get that, first of all. Um, 
this life that we feel and we touch and we hear, God made creation for a purpose. God made you for a purpose, for you, for an end. When, when the end of the world comes, he doesn't just throw that away. He doesn't just toss it aside and say, oh, I'm done with creation. I'm done with what I made. I think there's something more glorious to that that the scriptures scripture speak to, that he doesn't just end creation. He doesn't just toss it in, in a bucket, but he restores it. He makes it new. God started something incredible with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. God launched a new creation. Let's, let's go a little bit deeper. Just, just some, some hints and some pictures. Matthew, Matthew chapter 19. Matthew chapter 19, uh, verse, verse 28. <laughs> I wish we could read the whole passage. But Ma Matthew uh, 19, verse 28. Uh, this is the story is uh, this, this guy comes to Jesus. Hey, I want to be saved. What do I do to get eternal life? I've kept all the commandments. And, and Jesus sees that his idol is money. So he says, hey, stop worshiping that God and, and get rid of all your money and come worship me. Right. And come worship the father. And the guy goes away sad because he doesn't want to give up his idol. He he's trusted in something else for his life instead of God. And he goes away sad. And the disciples are like, man, if rich people can't be saved, who can be saved? You know, and they say, we've left everything for you. We've left everything for you. What is there for us? And verse 28 is just in, in an awesome statement. Jesus said to them, truly, or amen, amen, <laughs> I say to you, in the new world, when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, you will have followed me while I sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Everyone has left houses, and I'm going into verse 29, it's not on the slide, or brothers, or sisters, or father, or mother, or children, or lands, for my name's sake, will receive a hundredfold, and will inherit eternal life. It's a, it's a crazy statement, but did you notice there, truly I say to you, in the new world, what are you talking about? In the new world, truly, and some of your, your translations say, at the, at the restoration of all things, or the renewal of all things. What? See, God has this plan that we, 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 we're slow to click into, we're slow, slow to believe, we're slow to come to grips with. God has started something in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, bringing his body from the grave, renewing him, resurrecting him, bringing him to new life that he's going to do on a grander scale, a bigger scale than maybe uh, you've ever imagined. God has launched a new world. Uh, and, and just a, another picture of that, and you start looking for these clues, you start reading the Bible with these, these, these vantage points or these vistas. Uh, Acts uh, chapter 3, start in verse 19. Acts chapter 3, verse 19. I, I'm, in, I'm in Luke. I better go to Acts chapter 3, verse 19. <laughs> Repent, therefore, and turn back. So the, the apostles are preaching the gospel here. Repent, therefore, leave your old life behind, leave your sins behind, leave your idols behind, leave your wickedness behind, turn to God, and that your sins may be blotted out so that you may receive forgiveness. That your sins might, like, like a, a page that's got uh, ink that can be erased, so that your, all the listing of all your sins, all the things you've done wrong, so it can be blotted out, wiped away, turned to the Lord. <laughs> So the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, that he may send the Christ appointed for you. His name is Jesus. So there's this, this picture of uh, one day Jesus is coming back. We've already talked about that, the second coming of Christ, the revelation of Christ. When Jesus comes back, then resurrection happens. But notice, there's more of that. Verse 21, 
Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all things, about which was spoke by the mouth of the holy prophets long ago. Now, now man, the, 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 the apostle there is saying, the holy prophets, the Old Testament, the people, the revelation of God, they spoke about the restoration of all things. They spoke about a new world coming, a new kingdom coming, a new age coming. It includes resurrection. But we start, you start looking at these things. What is the hope that we have? Is it just that we're going to you know, forever in eternity go float on a cloud? We have a greater hope than that. We have a bigger hope than that. We have something amazing, a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Uh, it, it, man, it, it, but ask yourself the question, why would I need to have a resurrection body, uh, a walking around body, a seeing sight body, a, a pure empirical body? Uh, why, would I, why would I have this tangible body if I'm just going to be a, in heaven somewhere out in the ether? It doesn't make sense, does it? What, Jesus rose from the dead. We're going to rise from the dead. What, what, what would be the purpose of a re resurrected body, a physical, tangible body, if it's just this spiritual realm we're going to? And we see these, these things. It comes up again and again. The restoration of all things. There's going to be this new world. Uh, what? What? Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verse 18. Uh, the Apostle Paul kind of dives in here deep, and it, and it gets deep awful fast. But, but look at verse 18 with me. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be, is to be revealed to us. We, we've seen that twice now. There, there's a hope beyond this age. There's a hope beyond this brokenness. There's a hope beyond this evil. Man, uh, all, all the, I, I, I've made the mistake of watching news earlier this week. I, don't make that mistake. <laughs> it's depressing. I mean, all, all the economy and the war and, and AI. You know, I watched this one guy said, yeah, the AI is just going crazy. Artificial intelligence is going crazy. You know, the Terminator's coming. It's the end of the, and like, oh, man. I mean, I have not have, have had my second cup of coffee yet, and you're telling me this kind of stuff? And then, then I saw another guy. You know all those UFO sightings that have been going around? Like, like, I don't know if you've seen those things where the, the, the fighter pilot jets, you know, the jet, jet drivers, they, they said, we couldn't even keep up with it. It's so fast. Man, this thing. And I saw this guy. I said, yeah, it's, it's obvious that they're an invasion force and that uh, the aliens are coming and it's the end of the world. You better start prepping today. Oh, great. It's hard to find hope in this world. But then we come to the Bible and there's this, this hope that's incredible. And it says in verse 18, again, that these things we're going through right now, man, they're temporary, they're, they're transient, they're, they're here today and gone tomorrow. But what we have ahead, if you're in Christ, if you trusted in Jesus, if he's your Lord, is astoundingly amazing. The glory that is going to be revealed to us. We're going to see something that's absolutely glorious and incredible. And the, the words, I don't know if the Apostle Paul has the words to use it, to say it, for, listen to this, why do we need resurrection bodies? What would be the point of, of coming alive again? Where would we go? You can't walk, you know, in the ether or in the, in the spirit world, can you? It says here, for the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. That's talking about our, our, our resurrection. The creation, so the, the you know, the, the, 
the humanization of creation there. It, for the creation has subjected, was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in the hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption. And, and so we, we see this, this creation, the, the universe, the cosmos, whatever, it's, it's in bondage to corruption. It's, it's in decay. It's, it's, in, it's trapped in some way. It's not what it was meant to be. It, it's, it's looking forward, verse 21, it will be set free from the bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. Not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption of sons, the redemption of our bodies. The adoption of sons, the redemption of our bodies, that's resurrection. We're waiting for resurrection and creation, as it were, is waiting as well for resurrection. Because when humanity fell, back to Genesis, the curse came upon humanity. There's, there's a bigger story that was told. Somehow when we fell, creation was tainted. Somehow creation was affected. I don't know if that's where the second law of thermodynamics came in. I don't know the, the, the entropy of the world. I don't know when, when all that came about. But somehow, someway, this text is saying... When sin came, somehow creation was messed up. But creation is looking forward today to a day of restoration. Creation is looking forward to a day of freedom. Creation, as it were, is looking forward to a day of resurrection. As we fell, creation was tainted and, 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 and fell. As we rise, as we, when Jesus comes back and he starts this new world, creation will be made Anew. You see, Jesus, when he rose from the dead, God was starting something. He was launching a new world, a new creation. It's, it's, it's a hope that is glorious in so many ways. On, on very simple terms that speaks to our heart, we will be able to see our loved ones again. Because they will be raised and we'll be able to be in a physical, tangible place with them. Imagine hugging your loved one again or talking with that person again. We don't have this, this empty hope of, of uh, you know, these, these spirits bouncing around the clouds and, and not really being alive or real. We have a hope of resurrection and a resurrection to a resurrected world. I don't know if you've ever, as you read these verses from Revelation 21, if you've ever clued into the context or it made sense to you what was going on or what was being preached, what was the vision that the Apostle John was given. But Revelation 21, verses 1 through 6. What did he see? What, what, what's coming? What, what's, what's the inheritance that's unperishable? undefiled, you know, that can't spoil or rot or, or go away. What, what is this salvation that's waiting for us? What is our hope? He says in verse 1, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. <laughs> a new heaven and a new earth, come on, the cosmos is a pretty big place. The universe is a, is a, is a massive place. Don't you know that, Apostle John? I'm just telling you what I saw, man. Well, God showed me in a vision that the, new, the, the, the old earth had passed away and the old heavens had passed away 
It's been replaced by something new. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from the God, from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. The, the, the new world's compared to a wedding, a celebration of, of all God's people coming together with God in a covenant, in a, in a relationship, in a union that will last for eternity. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will, will, will be with them as their God. <laughs> whatever the new world's going to be, the new creation looks like, whatever it, it entails, God is going to be there, and we're going to be there with God. Not our, our, our ultimate hope is that we're going to be with Jesus. Uh, you know, when Jesus said, store up your treasures in heaven, not upon earth, don't let, the, you know, where moth and rust, you know, can, can ruin or steal. Thieves can come in and take things. Don't store up your treasure here. Store up your treasure in heaven. Our, our, our treasure is God. <laughs> our, our treasure is, is the kingdom of God. Our treasure is the new world. Our inheritance is our new life. God himself will be with them as their God. And, and the great picture of no more, no more of this life, the, the troubles of this life, the hurts and pains of this life. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. It's a metaphor speaking, uh, meaning poetry, meaning there's no more tears there. No, wipe every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. No more death there. Neither shall there be mourning. No more mourning there. No more crying there. No more pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. How could this be? Because God started something with Jesus. He started a, a new world. He's bringing about a new creation. When we, and so we talk about what is this salvation that's waiting for us? What is this, this hope that's ahead? What is this inheritance? It's more when we say, like, when I die, I'm going to go be with Jesus in heaven. Yeah, that's true, but it's not the full story. It's not the full picture. When I die, I'm going to be, go be with Jesus. Remember what he told on the thief on the cross, today you'll be with me in paradise? Yeah, but that's not the full story. There's a life after life after death. Because when Jesus Christ comes back, when Jesus Christ reveals himself to the whole world and he brings his kingdom and he brings the rule and the power that was pr prophesied and predicted for so long, he's going to raise people to new life. The dead will come out of their graves. If you're alive, then you'll be transformed into a new person. And eventually, at some point, in some, some in the chronology is, is hard to read sometimes, and, and different Christians have different ideas of how it happens. But at the eternity, at the end state, there's going to be this new world we're going to be part of. And so when we, we talk about resurrection, we're going to be, salvation means that we're going to be raised to life in the kingdom of God. Salvation means we're going to be raised to new life in the new creation of God forevermore. It's a living hope, not a small hope, not a limited hope, a living hope. And he who is seated on the throne said, behold, I'm making all things new. <laughs> I, the vision that John, what do you mean by that, John? I don't know. I'm just report, reporting what I saw. I'm just reporting what I heard. I heard the alpha and the omega. The beginning and the end, the creator of all things, saying, I'm going to make all things new. All things, not some things, all things new. And so we, brothers and sisters, have a hope that's not small. It's not weak. It's not going to perish. 
It's not going to be taken away by the government or added by the government. It's not going to be taken away by the warriors out there, the dictators. It's not going to be taken away by the viruses. It's not going to be taken away by the aliens. <laughs> it's, it's a hope that we have that goes beyond all these things. That we will be raised to new life in the kingdom of God. And there we'll be living with our God forever and ever and ever. We have a great resurrection hope. Amen? Worship team, would you please come? The invitation is clear, however. To, to enter into the kingdom of God, to be a part of Jesus' life, to be a part of the promise of the future, you have to trust in Jesus. You have to believe in him as your Savior and Lord. You have to surrender your life to him. You have to bow to him. You have to make your life his. Repenting of your sins and trusting in him for eternal life. Have you done that? Have you turned your life over to Jesus? The invitation, if I can keep reading, <laughs> it says in verse 6, it is, it is done. I am the Alpha and Omega, and the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, to those who know they're sinners, to those who know they're lost, to those who are thirsting for salvation, looking for life, God says to the thirsty, I will give from the spring of water of life without payment. It's, it's a great picture of metaphor of living water. When, when, you, when you give what God, when you take what God gives, when you give, when you receive the salvation that he offers, when you turn to him and trust in him, he'll give you life. You see, the kingdom coming is, is not for you if you're not alive yet in Christ. The kingdom come is not for you unless you've trusted in Jesus and turned everything over to him. Please. Become a believer in Jesus Christ today. Repent and believe, and you too will be saved, not just to the spirit world up there, but you'll be saved to the new world, the kingdom come. That's our living hope. Rejoice today and celebrate.